0: Good evening and welcome to NCLCA Today, a podcast dedicated to educating individuals assisting college and university students along the road to academic success. I'm your host, Patricia Hartley.
1: And I'm Kelsey Fischel. Today we share our personal higher education experiences and tell you how NCLCA is helping us grow as higher education professionals.
0: This episode of NCLCA Today is being sponsored by NCLCA, an organization of professionals dedicated to promoting excellence among learning center personnel. Visit www.nclca.org for more information about how you can get involved and to participate in our webcast.
1: To begin our show, we are sitting down with Patricia Hartley, the coordinator for academic sports services at the University of Central Florida. Patricia has a master's of college student personnel administration from the University of West Florida and has 12 years of experience working in higher education. She is also the co-host of NCLCA Today.
0: And I have the privilege of introducing Ms. Kelsey Fischel, who is also the co host of the NCLCA Today podcast. She's also the writing lab coordinator at Florida Gulf Coast University. And Kelsey has her master's in English. From Florida Gulf Coast University and has five years of experience working in higher education. Today we are talking together about our experience in higher education and how NCLCA has helped us grow as higher education professionals. Welcome to the show Kelsey.
1: And welcome to the show, Patricia.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelsey, I'm, I'm actually going to start off with you, and I'm going to ask you a question first. Sure. Why don't you just tell our audience who you are and then how you began your career in higher ed?
1: All right. So like I said, my name is Kelsey Fischel. I am currently the Writing Lab Coordinator with the Center for Academic Achievement at Florida Gulf Coast University. So I began my higher education journey, as, you know, most people, they say we don't go to higher ed, we end up in higher ed. Okay. uh, So I kind of took my time going through my undergrad and sort of through relationships with faculty and like mentors ended up kind of coming into I should pursue a master's degree and that was when I first started working at the Writing Center at FGCO and it kind of grew from there. So I was in that position as a tutor And then the secretary position opened up, that person left, and so I was like, I have experience doing, like, office manager stuff. I live in the writing center, I will apply. And then through that, through transitions with um, how the writing center existed at FGCU and, you know, merging into the learning center and the work I was already doing, transitioned into the coordinator role and have been there ever since.
0: Wow. No, that's good. Okay, sorry, I think I interrupted you. But <laughs> um, but that's actually, um, I met you in your current role at, I would say, FCLCA a few years ago. Last year. Last year yeah. we met at FCLCA and then we mm-hmm. saw each other again at NCLCA and that's where we were able to connect even more. Mm-hmm. And then Kelsey is so great that her and I are able to do this together and I'm so glad that we're doing it together.
1: Oh, absolutely this is awesome um, Shout out also, to FGCU. yes and now that I have introduced myself let's shout out to UCF and Patricia can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you um began your higher ed journey
0: um so it's funny the way that you explained it about like higher ed so I'll go back to a little bit of more of my involvement so I was very involved in undergraduate I was Started like a couple of student organizations, even at like my junior college, um, transferred to my university, became even more involved in Phi Theta Kappa, was president of my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Um, So I had some very good leadership experience. Then I, after undergraduate, got a job in Louisiana. So I went to school in Texas, got a job in Louisiana, moved to Louisiana, had a friend who was going to school in Florida and graduate school. And she says, girl, you remember how involved we were in undergraduate? I was like, girl, yes, I do. I remember. I remember how involved we were, what we started. She's like, you know we can do that for the rest of our life. And I said, "Shit up. Like, it really was one of those kind of like... Kind of moments of just like, oh my gosh, I could do this for the rest of my life. And so with that being said, I applied for graduate school at a school actually in um, Louisiana and said, you know what? I think I need to make this a full-time thing. I want to go to school full-time. Went to the University of West Florida um, and had an opportunity to go to school there. Finished in 2010. um, And then once I finished there, I started working actually on campus in the Office of Student Involvement in the equivalent role of like an office manager. So like the secretary role, Mm -hmm. um, initially that I think that you got at Florida Gulf Coast, that Mm -hmm. was a very similar role to what I had in my department. And then other responsibilities started to come along with it because I was in the role, uh, as I was in the role a little longer. And so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was, um, I think it was Student Government Association. They were giving students money um, for, trips Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and to travel to different conferences. And they needed somebody to um, help with the coordination of that travel. And so in my role as like an office manager, I kind of took on coordinating all of the travel for those students who got funding from SGA. Um, And then with that being said, I know I'm making it long, but I have to say this because this is why I got into this side of the house. I went from the office of student involvement because there was a rule that the university had that said that students had to keep a certain GPA. And initially it was a 2.0, and then they moved it to a 2.5. And when they moved it to a 2.5, many of the students who were like student leaders either started complaining because they were either close or they could no longer be in that role anymore because their GPA dropped below. And at that point I just felt like, you know what, I think I'm more of a, I'm a motivator by just by, Nat- I'm naturally a motivator. And so I was like, this side of the house isn't in need of motivators for students to be involved. We need students to understand that the reason why they're here is because they're academics. And I feel like I can just be a little stronger on the other side of the house. And so that's when I began to look for opportunities to work in the on the side of academia, landed another role at that university, worked there for a couple of years, found this amazing position at UCF um, and connected with um, the director as well as our assistant director. And I have been basically involved since then. And, and I, I will say this too, FCLCA is the reason why I actually connected with my current supervisor. So I actually went to the FCLCA conference in Florida, the first one that they had um, as an affiliate. And that's where I actually met my current supervisor and director.
1: That's awesome. I think we don't think about those opportunities with conferences. It's not just like, oh, go do a presentation. Oh, go meet a person. Like, real connections. I mean, we made our connection there.
0: We did. That's how we. It's true. Like, I'm telling you, conferences really can connect you like with other people um with your future employer right and it doesn't mean that anything is going on with your current employer but sometimes when you're looking for opportunities to grow and you want those opportunities to be where you are they're not always there so you have to Mm -hmm. seek out and be willing to take on maybe other opportunities and people need to see you and at conferences when you're presenting people can see you you know other employers can see you so just kind of as a as a heads up when we say network, it's not just networking like, oh, let me put you on my mailing list. It's networking to the point of it could be a future position for you.
1: And we'll, we'll keep coming back to conferences. There's a bit of a theme today. Okay. <laughs> so we'll come back. A theme. Yes, we'll keep going, but we will be coming back to this one. So I'll take our next question um, and I'll start. So Patricia, you have all this beautiful experience across all these different institutions what has been the most enjoyable aspect of your higher
0: education journey without a doubt working with students Mm -hmm. like period like for me it really has been working with students and then on this side of the house when it comes to academia um the students are really inspiring on another level like these students are especially when you're working in tutoring these students are asking you to write letters for medical school and like recommendations for them to be you know go off to these different internships for like engineers. And it's just so empowering to me. So what I love about working with students is that they honestly inspire me more than I could ever inspire them. So that's what I love most. And that's what's been the most enjoyable about the job. Mm -hmm. So I gotta turn it around on you and I gotta ask you the same exact question. What's been the most enjoyable aspect of the higher education journey for you?
1: I I, I gotta say the same. Um, I, you know, as a student worker, One of the things that always stuck with me was, um, you know, not just the students who came and were like, I'm ready to succeed and I'm super motivated and I want to do great, you can help them. But I always remember um, two specific sessions that I had with students. One was a student whose uh, mom actually called the Writing Center and was like, hey, my son is somewhere in the library. He needs to come see you for his paper, but he can't find you. And this kid was just absolutely avoiding us <laughs> him, I don't know where they are. So I went and found him and was like, I'm your tutor, come on. And you could tell he didn't want anything to do with that session. But by the end of it, you know, he was able to ask the questions that he had that he didn't really understand about his paper. And I could get him to resources to help him work on the paper. And then I actually was like, hey, do you want to like stay here and work on your paper and keep going? He was like, yeah. And then he would like ask me questions throughout the day. And that student showed up for every paper after. Wow. Like booked his appointment, showed up and like opened up with how friendly he was. And then I had another student, um, same thing. His professor like wrote a comment, was like, you need to go to the writing center. So he was super like embarrassed and shy, and didn't really want to come in. And we worked on his paper and he felt more confident and went on his way. And I think it was like a semester later, Somebody was talking to me in the writing center, like, we need to figure out what makes students wanna come here. Like, let's, let's just poll the students. And they turned and that student was sitting in the waiting room and they said, why do you come to the writing center? And he went, I bring every paper, this place is great. And be able to take those moments of students who are like, I want nothing to do with this. And to say like, I have no judgment. Like at the end of the day, you did make the choice to be here, even if you're required or someone made you. And we know students, know how to not show up if they really don't want to Mm -hmm. still made the effort and to be able to like accept students in that kind of vulnerable space and and turn it into something so positive was just like this is amazing
0: yeah and i was like i
1: never want to do anything else
0: that's i think that's the amazing thing about being on the side of academia is that you're really able to experience those aha moments and it's not just in one moment like it really is over a period of time and you can see the growth within that student and even the growth within the student is empowering too because i've de- you know you do deal with students who aren't necessarily as motivated as others you see more in them you know that they're not giving you 100% they're giving you like 60% you know mm-hmm. and then you call them out on it and then you realize that they just needed to be called out they just needed to mm-hmm. be uh, it needed to be understood that we're paying attention
1: right that we, we see you, we know you care, even if you don't want us to know you care.
0: And then his story is so much more impactful because he can talk mm-hmm. about the fact that I didn't like it at first. I didn't even want to go. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think that I needed it. Like he can tell his true story mm-hmm. and it really comes from this place of initially not wanting to go. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I got to say too, like I, I love my students, but also the student workers that we have. I mean, I... I I swear, I come in every day for this team. I adore my team. They are so motivated and so passionate and so dedicated to their workplace. And I'm so sad that I cannot see them in person right now because I miss them. Um, And I wanted to use this moment to plug uh, because I learned about something recently, Uh, National Tutoring Week, not a thing (laughs) that everybody knows about, but this is like a national event, the first full week of October is National Tutoring Week and it's a chance to appreciate your tutor teams and appreciate what they do and because of everything going on this year we didn't get to do it in October but the first week of November my team is getting all kinds of appreciated so if you have not appreciated your team this semester you should join me the first week of November and we're going to show them so much love even if it's just me being like hey guys you're the best and they'll be like you say that a lot. I love that It's true
0: that appreciation is necessary in the workplace national tutoring week does happen every year we did a national tutoring week celebration um during the i would say it was the it's not the it was the first full week of october Mm -hmm. um and that's when we did ours and we had an opportunity to have our um avp come out and also speak Mm -hmm. um so we really did make it very special and we'll be putting together care packages for each of our tutors and si leaders for them to come and pick up safely, um, at the lab. So they did some signing up, but they have basically next week, they'll be coming up to pick up their care package. But we did an open mic night with our writing center, by the way, I want to talk, listen, that open mic night was lit. Um, we had Fairwinds, um, come out and also present about financial services and credit and, Um, also they sponsored the week too so the care packages that the tutors are getting that was sponsored by Fairwinds, and so we're very Mm -hmm. thankful for that partnership and so we had an entire week of um, events in which our um, Dr. Barry came out and she spoke Um, yes um, Dr. Priest came out and spoke our director Rebecca Piety she came out she spoke as well and they just shared their appreciation leadership in our um, at our university came out and just shared their appreciation for our tutors and um I gotta ask you this Kelsey so Mm -hmm. what how do you think being a member of NCLCA has helped you grow in your career
1: Mm, I think being a member of NCLCA is almost why I have grown in my career and I feel like that's like so like oh I'm pandering absolutely not when I kind of transitioned into the role I'm in now there was a lot of transition in general happening in my workplace. Um, the Writing Center merged into the Center for Academic Achievement and into the Learning Center and became the Writing Lab. So that was a big transition. I transitioned into like under a new director. My position title transitioned. Um, I was trying to finish my master's degree at that time. Wow. a lot going on and um, that summer all that kind of started happening and for that fall semester I just felt very like unmoored, you know, and kind of like where do I fit in? And then that spring was the first time where I went to FCLCA, so last spring. And, like, our whole, almost our entire department went. I think only, like, two out of the, like, eight staff stayed back. Yeah. Um, it was, like, we had this, like, big, we had, like, a CA table everywhere we went. We was this big group. And it really was just, we were able to be so open with each other in a way we hadn't before. It was very informal. We were able to get excited about our jobs in new ways. Um, I remember sitting next to somebody else who worked in a writing center on one side of me and my director at the time on the other side. And me and this person were just, oh my God, tutoring students, it's so great, writing, writing, writing. And my director was just like, oh. <laughs> His way. <laughs> it was a way to get to see each other and in, in yeah that it just was so amazing and that's actually um, and that's where I met you so we got to you know hit that off and then um, that is where I actually won a free registration to the conference with the NCAA Really? so that's why I was able to go in the fall is because I got to go for free uh, I and did this- not know that. <laughs> So that's when I got to go and then because I was going um, when Lindsay became my director she was like you, you need to apply for conferences this is a great mm-hmm. opportunity let's do it and I did um, and I applied to present and I ended up presenting a couple different times at NCLCA and I was able to feel like oh like I'm allowed to have something to say even though yeah younger, even though I'm like kind of young in my position I still there are things I can talk to and I got great feedback on my presentations and I got to see you again and then we, like, captured Jeff when he was walking by and be like, how's it going? And we were like, we have an idea. And, like, yes! we going. And there was so much, there was just such a sense of, like, momentum and getting to hear all these different ideas and to, like, yes. be around like-minded people. There are very few people on a university campus that understand learning centers the way, yeah. like, you Know what I mean? Like it's hard Mid- to go into other departments and talk a learning center and yeah. to somewhere where everybody gets it and everybody's like, tutors are great, and this is how we use data. And how do you like get them to come to sessions and workshops? And you're like, yes. speak them a language. Yes. And it's it's so empowering. Like I left and in the fall, like a, a way more confident higher education professional. I felt like I had better relationship with my team. I built these relationships with you and to other people in NCLCA. And it doesn't take anything. Like the fact that I showed up and was like, "I have a presentation," was enough to set things in motion. Yep, it was amazing.
0: And it's and you're sharing your ideas with other professionals because you yeah. don't realize how many other people sometimes either struggle with the same thing you are, or mm-hmm. you're in the middle of giving your presentation and somebody either has an idea to help you fix some of the issues, mm-hmm. or what program you're working with that's giving you trouble. That there's a workaround. Like there's so many different. So many different things in learning centers and then I don't just as a reminder so that I don't go on too much of a tangent because I can just as a reminder retention is a big deal at universities and institutions Mm -hmm. and learning centers really play a huge did Mm -hmm. I say huge huge role in the retention of colleges and excuse me the retention of students on campuses and so i just want to throw that out there and just kind of remind people of how important the academic side of the house
1: is (laughs) and you get to see presentations of people who can show you how they successfully did retention and even um you know we know that students who work on campus are more likely to persist to graduate and graduate yes and you know, one of the presentations I went to, um, it was a learning center professional who was like, "Here's the lead tutor position that I created, and here's how it worked, and here's how much it's done for me." And I now, a year later, have a lead writing team who are able to do observations and help with evaluations and run weekly trainings and be available to the team. I'm going to be i um, taking time off next week, and I'm not even worried about it because I know my lead consultants are it and I know that my team has that sense that they can look out for each other, and if I hadn't gone to the conference, I wouldn't have had the tools to start that and put it in motion.
0: Shout out to you for actually implementing it, too, because sometimes we'll go to conferences and we don't always implement, so mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to you for implementing and to let you know that that's a reflection of your leadership, because if you I felt the same way, like I've gone out of town before and it's like, oh my God, my team is amazing. It's because of the team, but you built that team. So I just want to give you, let me just give you a shout out to you and your team.
1: Thank you. Well, I gotta (laughs) say, NCLCA makes, I don't, it's just, I don't, maybe it's because we're all like learning center professionals. So we're all like tutors at the end of the day. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. The presentations I go to, it's always so, it's like designed to be applicable. I mean, they're so interactive and the people who present they're like here's my handouts and here's my like implementation plan everything for real
0: everything they'll go back to the office and like email you like a manual we're there's also Mm -hmm. um i don't know if this is just florida but i know florida has a a listserv and in that listserv Mm -hmm. there is so many great ideas and just great materials and resources i mean it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. if you if you tell me about it but there's so Mm -hmm. many different people that share so Mm -hmm. many different quality qualified (laughs) practical things that you can do for your learning center manuals ideas for national tutoring it's so many i know i could go on and on but there's so many um that you can get from your peers Mm -hmm. it's you do not have to reinvent the wheel i promise you Mm -hmm. trust me yes okay with that being said i know i gotta give you another question all right (laughs) What is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody looking to grow in higher education?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice, and this is very much my personality speaking to, is ask questions. Mm, tell a lot of them. that you don't understand. I, um, I at first, you know, I had people tell me like you're kind of overwhelming. You ask a lot of questions, but when I said like because I want to understand, it's because I don't understand and I want to perform well, I'm asking to make sure I do this right and, you know, show people you're trying and ask questions, you'll get the information you need. If you kind of sit and just hope for the best, I'll figure it out eventually.
0: Yes, it's true.
1: It's just not how learning centers work. Like it's always moving and changing and adapting and, you know, ask, 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 ask questions and like put yourself out there, go to the conferences, go to the webinars, join the listeners. Be, go into the member-only areas of NCLCA if you have a membership and go into the discussion boards. Take advantage of these resources. If you're worried about asking your director, if you're like, I want to look like I understand this, go ask somebody on the discussion board. Mm-hmm. You know, shoot somebody in the list or an email, and then you can go to your director saying, I know this thing. Or your director is probably not going to mind if you come ask. You know, build those relationships. And Agreed. if you are like me, where you're kind of newer into higher ed, seek out mentorship opportunities. You know, make your director that person if you have that relationship or find somebody where you can say, like, um, I had a meeting that my director was at, but I was kind of the one leading it. And afterwards, I said to her, hey, I was very nervous in that meeting. Tell me what worked and what I could do different. And did I seem nervous? And she could give me real feedback that I could
0: um,
1: apply forward. And also trust your team. I don't enough people take advantage of the resource that is a student leader team Mm. student leaders are incredible and they will always rise to your expectations if you trust them and you believe in them and you hold them to high expectations because you're willing to build them to those expectations your team will always surpass what you can hope for
0: i agree but
1: uh what about you patricia what advice would you have
0: Um, if you are a new professional in higher education, I'm going to be transparent with you and tell you number one, it is, let me just remind you, it's a small field. So it's smaller than what you think. Mm -hmm. So do not be out there burning bridges. So that will be probably the (laughs) number one thing for anybody (laughs) looking to grow in higher education. Don't be out here burning bridges. You know, build good relationships with people. And then when Kelsey was talking about a mentor and how important they are, mentors are very important. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking for a mentor, I also charge you to, yes, contact them, let them know you want them to be a mentor, but be willing to put in the work in order Mm -hmm. to really gain that mentorship relationship that you want. You be the person to lead that. Um, you know, contact them, do weekly check-ins with them. But having mentors in higher education is important. And going back to um, not burning bridges, a part of it sometimes is who you know. And so it is very important for you to just Mm -hmm. remain just very vigilant of that. And always, always keep the number one Person in mind when you're working in higher education, and that is always the student. It is always, are we doing things that are in the best interest of the students? Um, Mm -hmm. always go back to that whenever you're doing something or you're frustrated about something or you're, you know, you're upset about the data that they want from you that you could have provided for them two weeks Mm -hmm. ago, but now they want it right before you go on vacation. Like, you know, but just be thinking about those things because as long as it's in the best interest of the students, Mm -hmm. that is essentially what we want. But those are kind of for new professionals primarily. So if you're entering into the field of higher education, that's my little two pieces of advice. Mm
1: -hmm. And once you're in, don't stop asking questions. Don't stop seeking out opportunities. Yeah. Don't, don't feel like you have to kind of find a spot and just settle into it. Even if you're like, I want to stay in this position, it doesn't mean you can't still grow opportunities. Yeah. So just I stop seeking those out.
0: Don't stop at all. Um, and then, Oh, I think that's it. That's all the questions I have for you, Kelsey.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's a good segue for us into our next portion, speaking of opportunities.
0: And speaking of opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll just thank both of us for just being here and being guests on the show today. Um, for this next section, though, I want to turn it to you, Kelsey, so mm-hmm. that you can share the information about some of the upcoming opportunities for professional development for our first ever, I think, winter NCLCA conference.
1: Yeah, so, did you know that NCLCA will be hosting a virtual winter conference? (laughs) Learn how to build a learning center to last at the 2021 virtual NCLCA conference on February 26, 2021. NCLCA conferences give learning center professionals the opportunity to learn from, interact with, and exchange ideas between one another in a space dedicated to the continuing development of learning centers across the nation. At the 2021 virtual conference, you'll be able to attend interactive workshops, listen to featured presentations and join roundtable discussions, all from the comfort of your computer screen. And maybe you'll get to see me and Patricia there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This year's conference theme is Onward and Upward, Building a Learning Center to Last, where professionals just like you will share the secrets and skills that have allowed them to create learning centers that will continue to serve students for years to come. We have come through 2020, and now we are looking towards the future. How can we take what we have learned and keep growing? This year, NCLCA is offering a deal that cannot be beat. If you have not attended an NCLCA conference before, this is the time. Mm. You bundle your conference registration with your membership fee. You can attend this conference and become an NCLCA member. and get a one-year membership for only $25.
0: Okay, that's very cheap.
1: $25 to attend a conference hosted by a national organization and have a national membership to that organization for an entire year. And it gets better. Your student leaders also benefit from this opportunity. If you have full-time students working with you, they can register for the conference and an NCLC membership. So students can attend this conference and have a national membership for only $17.50, less than going out to lunch with their roommate. What? It's a national membership and attended conference. If you have not attended a higher education conference before, let this be the first one. Let it. It is so worth it. Registration is now currently open on the NCLCA website. And if you are looking for an opportunity to present, and again, as somebody who at her first national conference went, yeah. I'll submit a couple of presentations and had them all accepted. <laughs> <laughs> you should submit proposals are due December 31st and the conference itself will be so save this date again onward and upward building a learning center to last on February 26th 2021
0: that's right get your new year, new year in right and also get it in during the first quarter yes <laughs> um and now on to a few announcements. Now, do not miss our next webinar, September the 25th, Creating Your LCLCA, excuse me, Creating Your LCLC Application with Facilitator Jenny Haley. Um, She is the NCLCA LCLC Chair. And also, keep an ear out for our upcoming guests. We will be having Dr. Sandra McGuire from Louisiana State University soon. We will also have Dr. Lindy Coleman. Our goal is for November. She's from the College of Charleston. And Yolanda Henry from Florida State College at Jacksonville will be here with us in December. So please be sure to keep an ear out for those upcoming podcasts. And NCLCA is pleased to be a founding participant of the Council of Learning Assistance and Development Education Associations. And are you looking to certify your center or visit our website at nclca.org slash events for more information.
1: Thank you for tuning in to NCLCA today.
0: I am your host, Patricia Hartley.
1: And I am your host, Kelsey Pichelle. Do not forget to visit nclca.org for more information, including about that conference, and to participate in our forums, webinars, and to listen to previous podcasts at nclca.org slash podcasts. NCLCA Today can also be found wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And that concludes our NCLCA Today episode number three. Thank y'all and have a very good night.